Hey everyone, welcome to this week's podcast. I'm Dorinda Wilson, wife to one for 31 years, mom to eight, kids ages 15 to 29, and a 25-year veteran homeschooling mom. I have seven kids graduated so far, and I'll ne- I cannot forget to mention the six sweet little grandkids that I have. But I'm excited today because if you've been following me for any length of time, you know that I don't typically shy away from difficult topics. Um, And I've never actually addressed bullying before. But I'm seeing it become an increasingly big problem even amongst adults. So today's special guest will be sharing insights and tools to help us talk to our kids about bullying and prepare and equip them for those situations. But before we get started, I want to encourage you to check out some of the recent podcasts. I have a series that I've started called The Homeschool Life. In each episode, I address one common question or concern that I get asked about when it comes to homeschooling or family life. And I spend about 15 to 30 minutes sharing from my own broad experiences with eight kids over our 25 years of homeschooling. I've talked about how the messiness of life can actually benefit our kids' education, Um, the priceless gift of childhood. It's a gift that only you can give your kids. Dealing with the question of whether or not we're qualified to, to teach our children. And the most recent one, and one of my favorites, is finding rhythm in your homeschool days. I've also done a podcast with Jamie Erickson from Homeschool Bravely and Sam Black from Covenant Eyes talking about protecting our kids from pornography, as well as another podcast with Leah Neiman about managing our kids' screen time. So lots to go and check out. Um, I have one little favor to ask if you could share the podcast with your friends and possibly, if it works for you, take two minutes to leave one or two sentences as a review from wherever you're listening. That would be so awesome because what happens is that whole system is sort of review based. So the more reviews I have, the more it shows the podcast to other moms who might be interested and be encouraged. And that's really what we want is uh, as many moms as possible to be encouraged. So today we're going to be talking about bullying. Yes, it happens even amongst homeschoolers. And it's an important topic to address in order to equip our kids and ourselves for these inevitable situations. So let's face it, our kids are not growing up in a kind world. In fact, it's becoming increasingly hostile, I'm sure you've noticed. Quite possibly, maybe you're listening and bullying is one of the main reasons you pulled your kids out of public school. And now you're wondering, how to walk alongside your child in the path to healing. So for what, whatever reason that you're listening, I am excited to have Candace Duggar from Bullied, Broken, and Redeemed here today. She is a nationally recognized author, speaker, and advocate for healing from bullying and home education. Ed Candace's work through Bullied, Broken, Redeemed has transformed the lives of children around the world. She helps parents build the dynamics of Gen Z. Sorry, she helps them understand. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> well, that's the word I'm throwing in there today. You know, no charge. Um, she helps parents understand the dynamics of Gen Z bullying. Welcome, Candace. I'm so glad you're here. Hopefully, you can uh, see more than I can today. <laughs> thank you, Duranda. It is such such a 
a privilege to be here with you today. We got the pleasure of meeting um, down at the homeschool convention a month ago and talking about bullying. And I have to tell you just how... Um, how what a wonderful opportunity it was to be there with so many people, but hearing stories over and over and over again from leaders there that said this is a topic that we need to be talking about in our communities, that it's everywhere, but it's sort of like this little secret that we don't talk about in our homeschool communities. And I just really appreciate you putting it forward and front and center and taking on some of these tough topics that you've been taking on lately because they are affecting our children and our families. And the only way we can really attack them is to take it head on and bring them into the lightness. And so I just appreciate your courage to do that. Well, I am. I'm really thankful that you're here. You know, I enjoyed my conversation with Sam Black a couple of weeks ago on pornography because he just did such a beautiful job of laying it out in such a gentle way because it's it's a it's a tough topic and it's it's icky and you know everything about mm -hmm. it even the word just feels icky it's the same thing with mm -hmm. bullying it just feels icky yeah. but the thing that i'm finding is that you know when when we take light and we shed it we 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 point it into the darkness, the darkness is gone. And that's what we want. We yeah. want to remove that darkness because we know that God is a redeeming God and he mm -hmm. loves to take situations and um, take what Satan means for evil and use it for good. And one of the ways that he does that is he uses people like you to come at it just head to head, toe to toe and equip us as parents to be able to have these conversations with our kids. And I honestly believe parents are going to walk away going, wow, um, you know, I know better how to handle this bullying that you begin to recognize <laughs> when it's happening at work, you know, around the water cooler or whatever, you know. So um, I'm just thankful you're here today to share your story and, um, and equip us uh, for this particular uh, challenge. Well, thank you. I am. Um, so, you know, I know you and I had a little bit of a chance to um, share down in August, but if you have a moment, I was going to share with uh, your audience a little bit about our family and how we became, you know, our, our story is we had our children in public school and private school. We never wanted to homeschool. I'll be honest. I was the, uh, not me. That's just where I was. I was terrified to homeschool. I never thought that would be part of our story. And we had children that had gone from really happy and joyful and really enjoyed their education. My, my oldest son, you know, we live in a, we go to supposedly some of the best school districts in the entire country. My son yeah. was happy. He was joyful. He was doing well. And in a very short period of time started to um, kind yeah. of hide away, come in the house, was a lot of anger and frustration. I saw him dabbling in just activities that were really concerning. He was that 12, 13 year old age. And you're, you know, as a parent, I'm like, well, you read all the parenting magazines and all the things you hear. This is very typical behavior. Maybe he's just going through some preteen things. And it was a very difficult time because I, I felt like I was a very involved parent. I was really involved with the school. We had um, always just had a really close relationship with our son. And to see how quickly, Duranda, that his life changed from happy and wanting to engage to angry and isolated and just hurt, really hurting lashing out and broken and constantly sick and not wanting to go to school and started from the big hoodies and the long clothes. There was just a complete change in him that was concerning as a parent. And we, we knew our son was dealing with some bullying um, and we, we had actually stopped and approached the school about it. But at that time, 
I had no idea how deep it was to the point that our son had wanted to take his life because he was in so much pain and the intensity and no one was helping him. You know, he, he felt that the pain would be like to try the entire year, much less another day. And, um, you know, I look back on it now, God, God had nudged me the year before Duranda, like in sixth grade. I, he had put on my heart homeschooling and I talked to my husband about it. I'm like, Hey, I think we should consider homeschooling. And he's like, uh, yeah, that's not going to happen. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. Like, you know, I was sort of, God had put it on my heart and I would do anything to go back that year and not have sent him and really listen to the Holy spirit when he was nudging at my heart, we needed to make a change. But Going through this, as you talked about, God can redeem so many things and use them for a greater good, even though it was a very difficult time for our family to go through that. And for our son, who still will um, think many things parents people don't realize with bullying is when you're dealing with intense bullying and serial bullying, it leaves PTSD in children, severe psychological damage and trauma. It can leave mental health impacts that when we talk about healing, there can be lifetimes of damages depending on what was, what they were inflicted upon. Right. And it's, um, you know, it's the ideas of, oh, they're kids. Everybody goes through and gets through it. Not everybody does. And a lot of children, uh, there's a reason that we have children as 10 year olds and older, that it's their second leading cause of death is suicide. And bullying is a huge attribute to that in today's culture. And so talking about it, even in the homeschool world as to we came to homeschooling as reluctant we never wanted to homeschool i now talk to parents all over the world that are in the same place we were we never wanted to homeschool but our child wasn't safe and their mental health wasn't there or we right. knew we needed to homeschool because they were in they were dealing with anxiety and stress and school phobia and all these things and it wasn't until they were home that they realized how much pain their child was in every day until the child had the confidence to to tell them their story that they right. weren't going to be put back, that they could really share that pain with them and start the healing process. It is sad to me over and over and over again. And for so many of these families, um, like ours, you know, we came to homeschooling and I, I met with some amazing um, counselors, you know, when you call your local state representatives and they're wonderful to tell you how to, you know, at your homeschool groups, I mean, when they call and they tell you how to get your notice of intent and how to file and great curriculum. Mm -hmm. But for children and families that are in crisis and trauma, it's so much more than a notice of intent and curriculum. Right, right. Healing, real healing and the work that it takes, there's so much more that's needed mm -hmm. to create success um, exactly. when you're dealing with trauma. Yeah. yeah, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, you know, if there's a family out there who's in that place right now, there's hope. And I think one of the tempting things um, that families can feel, especially moms, because they're usually the ones who are trying to pull off the homeschooling, they there's this looming thing that they really need to deal with, but they feel all this pressure to perform academically or have their children perform academically when the reality mm -hmm. is the children are going to be far better off if you take the time to yeah. focus on this because they can catch up when their emotions are healthy again and they're everything is um, just in the more sync and working together and there's and there's been some healing um 
you can you can make up for that or maybe you don't even need it who knows but the greater good is your child's mental and emotional health and their spiritual health and because really at the end of the day that's what we want we want our kids to grow up to be strong healthy adults and not just physically but mentally emotionally spiritually because they can, whatever they decide to pursue after that, they are equipped to do that. But if we don't take the time now and we just kind of shove it off to the side, um, I really, I know for a fact that we will regret it down the road. And so as Duranda, I, I just could not agree with you more. And here was part of our issue. Just like you said, we brought it, our son home and I've actually experienced bullying, severe bullying with both of my boys. I'll say this second in a minute. I know people would go, seriously, you did it once. How did that happen again? But it did. Um, so, but we had our son and we brought him home and just like everything else, I show up at the conventions. I've got my notes. I've got my curriculum. I'm like, we're going to go get this. My son had an extensive IEP with dyslexia and dysgraphia, just got lots going on. And the year, his seventh grade year, he had become so broken inside that he really felt he had no God-given talents. He felt he would never get anywhere in his life. And he was at a point that his answer to me when I was like, well, what would you like to explore and do? He said, I'll just take anything anybody's willing to hire me for because I don't really feel like I'm able to do anything. And this child who came home and at that point had regressed to the point he barely could write a sentence. He had no confidence. That mm. same child has been home with me only four years. And for encouragement for parents out there, it took our first year, took a lot of healing, but we took the time to do that. And this same child was able to then start college by 15, is mm. actually being recruited for football at many colleges. He is speaks with me on mental health and is actually writing another book now on mental health in our youth. He is getting certified as a life coach and he's doing great in school academically, but it took our family a solid year and that year was hard. It was very hard on me as a mom to see my child in pain and things I didn't even realize when we left public school that it was like a move without a move. You know, all the friends are still going on and doing their thing Yeah, and you're over here and you feel very isolated, um, the judgment from, you know, parents who are like, how could you possibly do this? Especially if you come from a non-homeschooling family or community, right. yet right. you have a child with all of these issues. And I had serious illness and a serious illness at the time. And um, just that judgment constantly made me question. And then on top of that, they're looking at our schedule going, and you're not even really doing school. <laughs> You know, you're really, they're, they're not seeing that what we were investing in necessarily was the academic side. It was focusing on his mental health and it was focusing on him finding uh, really how God created him and what his passions and talents were and just giving him the time and the space for healing and to acknowledge that our whole family had been in crisis. I, I also have a son who's um, younger and on the spectrum. And so we had a family going through crisis with a mom on bed rest with serious health issues, a son who had, um, you know, really wanted to take his life due to how hard bullying was, serious learning differences, bringing him home, needing all the space. We were in crisis. You know, we were, we were um, pretty stressed as a family and needing to take that time and space to uh, realize that everybody needed some time. 
to heal and that his brain, he wasn't, you can't really take in information. I mean, I could sit him in front of books and workbooks, but nothing was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it didn't, it wasn't going to go in, you know, when you're, when you're just kind of in fight or flight and you're constantly in stress and worry and anxiety and not sleeping and panic attacks and fearful, nothing's going to come into your brain. So we just needed a lot of space. And I can't tell you how many hikes and we took wilderness survival classes and we did start taking some small classes. And that was very hard for him because he did not trust anyone. Um, much less were these children going to be different than where he came from. Right. Right. And, right. So, so I have a question for you. Um, yeah. I'm thinking about a mom who was in your position and thinking about where you were four years ago. And I can imagine that the guilt, the mm. mom was beyond. Um, it was heavy. <laughs> yeah. Very heavy. So can you to that, um, to the mom who's listening and or to the mom who may after uh, they listen to this, find out that their child has been bullied or whatever, and they feel this guilt for not protecting them. I have to say, and I try to um, share this without crying because it's still, it's still very raw for our family. And even when I talk and train, um, the guilt that I still carry worrying that I didn't do enough to protect him and that I didn't see warning signs that now looking back, I saw. And guys, for those of you out there in the mom guilt, I want you to know that I was a mom who not only went through that with my son, two years later, my youngest was still in public school and about third grade started dealing with bullying. And in fourth grade, one day I found him under the bed screaming, I'd rather die than go back another day. He was being hit. His face was being thrown in urinals. His stuff was being stolen. He's on the spectrum. He, and I just said, that's it. I'm done. I can't do this another. Like, we're not ever going through this again. Right. And so that guilt, I still to some a little bit carry that. But I think mm-hmm. the biggest thing is realizing that I really, I did the best I could with the information I had at the time. Mm-hmm. And I trusted, and this is one of the biggest issues I have with bullying and that our entire ministry is trying to change, is when you go to the public school system or even your private school system and you bring up an issue of bullying, you are, go to any websites from us.gov, anywhere, it's go to the authority, go to the teacher, go to the principal, and the parents' rights are pushed aside. It's, we'll deal with it, we'll take care of it, right? You as a parent are not brought into the conversation. They right. don't train parents on warning signs of bullying. It's if you suspect, suspect something, go to a teacher, go to a principal, go to the counselor, report it, and they'll take care of it. Wow. And That's- I did that, right? Mm-hmm. Like I did that. And I did not know at the time how much danger that would put my son's life in. Mm-hmm. Retaliation bullying is serious. Mm-hmm. And I work with children now as young as seven, eight, and nine years old that have suicide plans literally thought out because their parents have gone to the school to ask for help. And when they did, their lives were put in more danger and they were beaten worse and hurt worse. I've had children stabbed and jumped in locker rooms and guns pulled on them because the parents went to the school and said, I, my child's having a problem and they address it as if they're dealing with conflict when bullying is not conflict. And so 
one of the biggest things we started to do as a ministry is look around the world and go, who is doing this better than our country, right? Because we kind of remove the parental rights. Parents are the front line of defense. We're sort of that missing link that could make a lot of difference, but you're removed. You're not brought in and trained and taught about warning signs. You're not taught how to have conversations because one of the biggest things a parent can do if they're dealing with bullying is to actually learn how to document property properly. What are their legal ramifications? If they have a child in school, what protections do they have and what can they demand? What are their laws and rights? When you know what's accessible to you, then you can make a decision, right? Um, And so many times parents will run off without having what they really need. Right. And throwing around words that... um, I I really feel like bullying needs a new word. It Mm -hmm. isn't when we talk about children that are being assaulted and battered and their mental states just broken down in their spirits that they don't want to live another day. It doesn't really resonate with bullying. It doesn't really resonate that many of these children, the most harmful times to them are after 10 p.m. at night in their bedrooms when they're being dropped in messages and chat rooms and gaming and they're being attacked all of the time, not just in school, which is why bullying has become a, it's a cultural issue. It's not a school issue. And even when you bring your children home for parents out there who have removed your children and brought them home, sometimes you can see just a joy that lifts because they're not in that every day. But it can continue to be a big part of attacks for your child. And they really need to learn new tools and systems so that they aren't continuing to be a target. Because even bringing them home does not fix the problem. Right, right. You cut out there for a minute. So it was... Oh, sorry. (laughs) When we take... uh, Even if we take our kids home, and then we sort of lost you for a second. Oh, okay. So Uh, even if we bring our children home and we're homeschooling them it does not necessarily eliminate the problem. Or if Mm -hmm. you take them and change a school, because we live in a society, they'll still get found on Snapchats. They're still on gaming. They're still online. It's not like picking up and moved. Back 20 years ago, if you wanted to start over again, your family could pick up and move Mm -hmm. and go somewhere else. Today's world doesn't work like that. And whatever's out there is out there. And so it's very difficult for even when you bring them home, to, to have the time to heal and the tools to heal and the confidence to be able to uh, kind of walk away from the attacks that were against them. It's really difficult. So we lost about the last five seconds. Oh my goodness. I what know, are I think we it's doing? Me. I, I'm, I'm pretty okay. sure. My, I'm like, my I'm like double checking. I'm like, I have all my bars. I have all the- Yes, you're doing fine. Uh, for that last little piece there. Um, yeah. Can you repeat that? Yeah, I was saying about how when you bring your children home, even if you remove them from school and you bring them home, right. that does not solve the problem. Yeah, you talked about moving, how you can't get yes, away. You can't it. get away because even if you move to another location, they still, especially if they've been dealing with online and cyberbullying, which is a huge aspect, Right. it can continue to follow them for a lifetime, right. which is something our generation never dealt with. Right. Right. It's right. so difficult. It, it is. So can you talk about like, where would we start just, you know, if we suspected or even if we don't, well, maybe. Start us with a how very about this? Why don't, 
why don't we start at the very beginning? Because I think a lot of parents even struggle to identify what bullying is. I think it's a word that's thrown around so much. So if you'll bear with me just a second, I'm going to read, and I think this is actually one of the biggest problems we have with bullying, is I'm going to read for to you guys the definition from the National Center Against Bullying. This is the definition. Bullying is an ongoing and deliberate misuse of power in relationships through repetitive verbal, physical, and or social behavior that intends to cause physical, social, and or psychological harm. It can involve an individual or group misusing their power or perceived power over one or more persons who feel unable to stop what is happening. And so it's a whole lot of words that are thrown out there that make it hard to break down what it is. So when I'm talking to families to identify if it's bullying, I recommend that they break it down this way. And we use the letters ARP. Is it ARP? Is the behavior aggressive? So that's our A. Is it aggressive behavior? Yep. Mm -hmm. So A is, is it aggressive behavior? Or R, is it repeated or a strong probability of threat? right? So it's a repeated behavior, a very strong probability of threat. And our P is, is it a power imbalance favoring one person? So is it aggressive? Mm-hmm. Is it repetitive? And is there a power imbalance? If there are those three things we're dealing with bullying, it's not yeah. conflict. It's not misuse. So first I think we need to know if, are we dealing with bullying? So if a child comes to me and, and we're working with them and they're like, my friend was bullying me. Well, let's break it down, right? Is the behavior aggressive? Was it repetitive? Is it happening over and over again? Or or was there assault or something along those lines? And was there a power imbalance? And if there isn't, then we might be dealing with conflict. So first we want to figure out what the situation is, and then we can address it. So that's where I'd start with as a parent, is really understanding what you're dealing with so that you make sure that you're using the appropriate words. Just like when you're dealing with assault, many times within bullying, you may have verbal assault, you may have physical assault. You know, we want to make sure that we're identifying what is actually happening. But if a family can first identify, are we dealing with bullying would be step one. Now, parents out there, I can tell you, as we talked a little bit about the parent guilt earlier, 70%, 70, 70% of children never tell an adult that they're being bullied. Wow. Huge numbers. So 70% of kids will never tell. And there's a lot of reason for that. I mean, it can be shame. It can be guilt. They could feel, well, nobody's going to listen to me. Or maybe I should be able to handle it on my own, right? Maybe I should be able to take care of this. I should need mommy and daddy to help me. I feel inadequate. Whatever the issue is. And many times the children are ashamed of maybe behavior that they feel led to it. For example, as you talked about a couple of weeks ago on pornography, revenge porn can be a big issue when we talk about teen bullying. And it's something that um, is a difficult conversation to have because your child may have sent a picture or said something or something that they were ashamed of and not want to come for help when they really need the guidance of an adult to walk them through it. And then somebody can be bullying them with these photos or videos or information to make their lives miserable. And it can really break down the spirit of someone. Right. So, so we have to kind of figure out first, if your child is telling you that they're being bullied, parents, I just want you to look at that as a beautiful gift. 
I know it's hard. I know it's really hard. But if they're coming to you and telling you they're dealing with something, that could be the piece of information that could save your child's life. They're coming to you and they're telling you that is like the most precious gem in the world, that information. And I realized that inside you might be freaking out and that's okay. You can be like the duck underwater, right? Inside it can be all freaking out. But if you can just pause and try very hard to keep your face as relaxed as you can, because your child is giving you a tiny bit of information to see how you're going to respond. Are you going to react to them or respond? Right. And so we want them, we want as parents, we want to respond to them properly. And if we can just take a moment and calmly ask, wow, that must be really hard. Would you tell me more? And give them space. Just give them space to talk to you. Not, I can't believe this, or what did you do? Or, um, well, what did you do to make them retaliate that way? Right? Wow. And I, I'm guilty of those. I said those things myself. So as one parent to another, I can tell you, I said things that now in hindsight, I really wish I would have handled differently. But if you can just quietly calm down as best you can and realize they're seeing if you're a safe person, are you safe to continue to share information to? And if you are, they may continue to give you more information so you can actually help them. And I'm sure, I'm sure many of you have probably heard the difference in, you know, making sure we're responding to our children versus reacting to what they're telling us. And it's like, um, for those of you who may not know the difference, if, if your doctor tells you that you're responding well to your treatment, that's a wonderful thing right? You're responding well, but if they tell you you're having a reaction, that's not a good thing. So we want to make sure that we're not reacting to our children, that we're not reacting in a way that could create more stress or anxiety, but we're responding in a way that can open conversations of trust yeah, and I allow can, them to give you more. Right. And I can I just chime in here and say that while you're sort of waiting and maybe even being, allowing there to be like nothing being said for a minute, you know, we don't have to always be talking. Sometimes when we're waiting, there's uncomfortable silence and to just be okay with that. And, and what I, what I tend to do during that time is just to be praying in inwardly, you know, asking the Lord to give me wisdom, showing me, you know, what, what are we really dealing with here? Lord, help them to tell me everything that I need to know. Uh, you know, just just whatever it is that's concerning you, just be whispering that prayer while you're waiting and listening. Because I think it does help sort of calm our demeanor, calm our heart. Calm that is our very wise. Mm -hmm. Very, very wise. Just that quiet and allow them. And this conversation for our family, it literally took close to six six to seven months after our son was out of school that we really even understood the 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 depths of what he was dealing with every day. It wasn't until he trusted us enough that we weren't sending him back the next week that he would share with us his pain so we could really help him. Right, and that's right. hard, right? That's hard as a parent yeah. because you want to jump in and fix something. And sometimes right. we but have some, to be patient. It looks like, um, you know, really cleaning the wound putting the salve on and, and shooting for complete healing with as little scarring as possible, as opposed to throwing a bandaid on top of it. Mm -hmm. That's what you don't want to do. And, and that process, if you've ever had a deep wound can be painful. And, um, but 
there's less risk of infection. There's less risk of all these secondary problems if we just take the time to care for it carefully and, and, and don't try to rush the process. Mm -hmm. Very, very important. And I have to tell you, most children, the reason they're scared to tell or at least I can tell you from coaching and counseling with parents all over the country is kids are scared that their parents are going to run off to the school and make things worse. They're going to make things worse for them. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, you know, as we talked about a little bit before, there's a lot of truth to that. So mm-hmm. one of the things that when we're working with families that we do see to be very helpful is to assure your child, depending on age, because I think this is important, but especially if you have that middle or older high school student and you can say, Let's just start a plan. We're going to start documenting and writing everything down and we will decide together what the appropriate next steps are. Because sometimes they're so terrified to tell you that you're going to make their life much difficult. They'll hide things. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. being able to come to attacking the problem together can help, right? So if there's some trust there that um, if you are going to need to take next steps, whether it's going in some cases, police reports have to be filed. I mean, sometimes we're dealing with situations that are not easy and are very difficult, um, especially, you know, depending on depending on the situation with the child. Uh, they just want to feel that they have a voice in that. They've already been violated and victimized, and they don't want that those decisions ripped out of their hands. Right, right. They already feel very out of control. Mm-hmm. And yes. so as far as this, you know, documenting goes Mm -hmm. you can you speak to that a bit sure i can and actually this is something that our team has worked really hard on at bullied broken redeemed we put together a parent workbook to actually teach parents how to document because it was something i didn't understand really Mm -hmm. how was i going to document what was going on and what did i need to do in it so um in our workbooks when parents are walking through it we actually have kind of as soon as you know something's going on we want you to start writing down all of the information you can about the day who was around what happens do you have video of it could somebody else can show you do you have photographs if your child was harmed or physically harmed in any way do you have photos of that if you have a child who's been attacked online making sure you're keeping um just photographs of it, right? Like making sure you're taking screenshots of whatever is said. Make sure you keep records of anything that you can that will help you because you never know when that is. And when we're working with younger kids and even even our middle and high schoolers, we actually have a tracking system we help them use. Um, and they're called um, like day beads. And we have a different color for each day. And it kind of starts to show you patterns as a parent. If at the end of the day, if we're tracking bullying we're, we're writing what happened for the day. If we can start to kind of assign these colors to them. And for us, you know, we use kind of the, kind of the basic ones, right? Like reds and yellows and what was like, we don't have many, but if we can start to put patterns together and see where the difficult days are, we might actually start to see some patterns that are happening just by documenting. Right? Have you ever had food allergy tests or something like that? Like just sometimes writing it down, you start to see patterns that you're like, oh, huh, that makes sense. I never thought of it that way. But writing it down, recording what's going on is really, um, really helpful. And the reason that we recommend writing down who else may have saw it, who was 
around? Did you tell a teacher? Did you self-advocate and ask for help or let anybody know? We keep that in it too, because sometimes we see when we do self-advocate, the bully may have picked up a day or two later because the other child was called out and retaliation bullying was put in place. So so as I said, you know, if you have anything you can keep, keep records of, it's extremely helpful. Now, having these conversations with your children ahead of time, one of the reasons it's so important, especially on platforms like Snapchat or different things that information comes up and can kind of go away quickly. If you can talk to your children ahead of time so they know if information's coming in or if you're being attacked, here's what you can do. And making sure they know to screenshot it and save it so that they have records or... Um, you know, depending on your, your state laws, if they're able to record the conversations or the videos, that's kind of, you know, I have to be careful because we're national here, but depending on what your state laws and things are, you want to kind of take a look at that. But um, anything that you can have to keep your, keep your documentation, you may find that something can go away, but you also may find for several of the cases we've worked with when they've had to escalate and go to the police, the more documentation that you have for your case you're taken seriously. You're taken, you know, somebody will actually pay attention to you versus my child's being bullied. Okay. So most of our audience are pretty much uh, all homeschoolers. Mm -hmm. And we mentioned earlier that this does obviously happen in the homeschooling. It does. It's a cultural (laughs) thing, not just a school thing. So we've talked about kind of some of the things to watch for. You described what happened with your son, just some of the indicators that something was going on. You've talked about um, record keeping, patterning and record keeping. Um, let's, can you speak to, um, let's just say we've gone through all of this and now we, we recognize that there is some level of bullying actually going on. You want to advocate for your child, but you don't want to make things worse for them. Right. Well, I think it depends. First, you're going to have to identify where the situation is happening. Right. So as homeschoolers, um, I work with groups. It happens in our co-ops. It happens in our Sunday schools. It happens in our uh, camps. I think first equipping our children to know who they can go to, who their team is. And if something happens, number one and first, who they can come to as a trusted source. And then when you have your information and you're ready to talk to somebody, I think you need to know who the authority is there. And one of the biggest things that we find working with many groups is they simply have no policy. Even in Sunday schools or groups who don't traditionally have them, does a co-op even have an anti-bullying policy, or if something happens, can you report it? And if so, what happens? Right. And here's the thing that I find interesting is, you know, there are, there can be false mm-hmm. allegations yep. against, you know, your child, let's say, and it, it was, mm-hmm. was actually just a conflict. Um, yep. It seems like it would be in the best interest of a church, Sunday school program, a WANA program, or whatever, a uh, homeschool co-op, to have just some sort of definition like you've described mm-hmm. of, of what bullying actually is so that they can take that that situation and hold it up against that filter right. um, and then and then move forward from there. But who would have thought that we would even need this type of thing? Well, but, 
And it's actually been very interesting because I have found in the homeschool community and working with groups like HSLDA or larger groups within their attorney groups, it's actually something that co-ops and groups are needing to deal with and pay attention to mm-hmm. because you have to realize it could take one child one time and you guys have, you have a serious problem. Exactly. So are you able to have, do you have a code of conduct? Mm-hmm. What happens if it happens outside of your co-op? Right. What if, you know, what is your groups and you can set up your groups however you'd like. But in today's world, if it ends up in a court legal battle, it's going to probably be hard to stand in front of a judge and go, well, we just didn't expect to have a problem. Right. Right. In today's world, that's probably not going to pass the test. So if you're dealing with, which is one of the reasons that um, our team right now is writing a middle and high school health class for bullying and conflict and understanding and preparing our children for not only understanding what bullying is and how they can, if they see it happening, how can they stand up against it and how can they have courage in these difficult issues? How are they going to handle it when they're even dealing with it as a a boss, right? Mm -hmm. Later in life, if you're dealing with bullying. So we're writing a class now, a middle and high school class that can be independently done as a for kids, but also can be done in small groups, in co-op groups or one of those other groups to be able to talk about bullying and conflict. And we do talk a little bit about conflict resolution to understand the difference between the two. When is it appropriate in leadership to look at that we're dealing with conflict? Because it is never appropriate to look at conflict if it's bullying. Don't right. treat it as, it, as it's conflict. And that's, I try to, when we're working with leaders, I, I try to explain like this. You would not take um, somebody who was dealing with domestic violence and think that's conflict. You right. wouldn't talk to a husband and wife about conflict resolution, right? It's the same thing. We, bullying is intentionally meant to overpower the person. It's intentionally meant to break their spirit. It's intentionally meant to put one person in, in a power imbalance and to repetitively hurt them. That's the intent, right? It's not right. conflict. There is no resolution wanted. <laughs> so or I do feel like, you know, there's a big piece of it. That's the, of this. That's very uh, spiritual, like spiritual. Yes. I mean, this is, this is the enemy. This is, this is his handiwork. This is yes. how he roll. This is what he tries to do to people in general. And he just, these, you know, kids for whatever reason or other people, who they're just kind of tools um, in a lot of ways. Um, And so I think that, you know, not ignoring the spiritual battle part of it and um, really praying a hedge of protection around our kids, specifically from, Mm -hmm. specifically from Mm -hmm. these types of situations. Um, When, when our kids were, uh, they would go weekly to some classes um, and every for 12 years, we went to the same place for classes for these kids, eight kids. And um, we would pray in the car. I would always pray because even though it was a homeschool scenario and it was, you know, very safe in so many respects, I just know human nature and the potential. I just prayed every time that God, and I prayed it out loud with our kids that God would protect them from anything they shouldn't see or hear or experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, so that they went into that sort of like aware that these things could, they could face these things that day. And then when mm-hmm. I picked them up, I would always ask them, 
each one got to tell me about their day because we had about a 25 minute car ride. So each one would share about their day, you know, the good things, the not good things. Was there any, were there any problems? Did you have any, you know? So it was a very um, open conversation. It was very routine for us to ask these questions and to have these conversations. And I think that's something that, you know, that parents just need to bear in mind. And, and actually one of the beautiful things about homeschooling is just the opportunities that we have to stay more connected with our kids. And um, I think it's just another tangible reminder um, that we need to not be too busy. Um, we need to not have too heavy of a schedule that we can't connect with them on a regular basis. Um, it's really a safety net for them because if, you know, my kids would always come home and know that mom wanted to hear everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, um, we, we all would talk about it. And, um, you know, it, and it was interesting too, because the siblings were listening as well. So they were aware if one of their siblings was struggling in a certain social situation and there, there was that, you know, camaraderie of taking care of each other. So there's just a lot of benefits to keeping that conversation open with yeah. our kids. It is. It's um, homeschoolers. We have so many wonderful ways we can speak into our children's lives and be able to be there and help them and guide them and um, really speak to the heart that's going on with our children, mm. which is just one of the most beautiful things that our family has found through homeschooling. You know, we're still in our circles, one of the very few people who homeschool in our area. Like, I mean, there's a lot of homeschoolers. I'm not saying that, but right where we are, it's um, we're kind of right outside of Washington, D.C. We have a lot of homeschoolers, but many in our circles and friend circles were kind of one of the, you know, only ones that are homeschooling. And people are always like, wow, your children are so different now. And it's such a joy to be around them. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, because we speak into them all day long. You know, we're there to guide them and we're a team. There is invested in moms. You know, they love the work I do. They love helping other children and traveling with me and speaking. They love helping children who have just kind of come out of public school and are kind of scared and nervous and um, love speaking on mental health. They're as big of a team of that as I am into their lives and getting their education. We do this as a family, every aspect. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the beautiful things about homeschooling is you are such a team that they're yeah. there to connect to you. Yeah. Exactly. And as we bring our kids alongside of us, um, as we do these things, they are learning and absorbing so much and they're, so much uh, more well-equipped for real life, for mm -hmm. adult life, you know? And so it, it, it does, it just comes back to the relationship. And I love the way you've just sort of kept bringing this conversation back to that. I love that you have middle school, high school uh, uh, curriculum that you're writing. Is it curriculum? Is it class? It is. So it's going to be, so I do, normally I do a lot of leadership training, Duranda. I speak to leaders nationally and to parents on training, and I'm going to take that same type of training and break it down into classes. And I'm depending, I was hoping to get it in six weeks, but it might have to be eight classes and they could be done back to back, but I'm just saying they'd be shorter, smaller classes where I'll right. actually do video training, teach yeah. them some information, equip them, have an activity with it and teach them all along the way. How are you going to handle situations? And identify like we just talked about how are we going to know if we're dealing with bullying how are we going to deal with conflict we're going to talk about how to handle um 
kind of the three S's and what do you talk about when you, when you have a child in crisis or a family and what can they do? We're going to start looking at resources and helping kind of make sure that they're prepared. I think homeschoolers really need to, in today's world, take a look at launching their children mm-hmm. for college and the workforce and online. And if right. they haven't dealt with bullying at home, are they prepared when it comes up in life? Are we prepared to deal with conflict in our lives versus bullying? And how are those boundaries going to be? And and also um, preparing children to let them know that their behaviors online, you know, depending on situations, can be legal. And right. so we want to have those conversations yeah. to prepare children to know that the things that you can say, mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. accountable for, right? That's and so... so that's right. so good. And, you know, I guess I would encourage every mom who's listening, I'm sure, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking a lot of different things, but one of the things that keeps popping into the front of my mind is that, you know, if you belong to a homeschool co-op or you're starting one, um, you know, bear this in mind. Um, if you're looking for a co-op, maybe check and see if they have something in place. Um, mm-hmm. it, it could be a huge blessing and a huge um protective measure for your homeschool co-op to have you bring that topic up. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's certainly preventative. And um, I think most homeschool co-op leaders would, would want to, um, to do that, to, to have something in place. And then also just the, the idea of, uh, offering this middle school, high school, um, class at co-ops. I think this is a huge, huge would be hugely beneficial so um so i'm gonna go ahead we're we're quite excited we're gonna start with sixth grade and up we actually have two curriculums that we've written we have a younger age two that starts because bullying now starts in pre-k littles we i know it's kind of shocking so we do we do do a program that we'll do pre-k through kind of fifth grade but we Mm want to make sure that we're equipping and that this class when it's written not only can train the leaders at the same time the teachers at the same time to identify it, but educate your students. Because if, if, it, if we can do it all in one, that everybody can know in a classroom, are we dealing with bullying if we see something? Because many adults think they know what it is, but they have a hard time putting their finger on it. Right. And if we can break it down very simply to know this is what it is and here's our policy. And if this happens on campus, here's what we're going to do. Right. right. There's going to be some some direction. And then... Also, if you have dealt with a situation with bullying on your campus or in, within your co-op or your group, one of the biggest things that is helpful is to really help your victim, the person who was um, who has been harmed, to find the right resources for healing. Mm-hmm. And that can be that can be really difficult because you have a victim who is sometimes in pain and just wants to leave and run away. But if we can wrap their arms around them and show them Christ's love Mm -hmm. and be willing to walk through a family's heart, the redemption that can happen in that for for all parties can be a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Well, I think um, a really good place to end here would be for you to share with us um, ways that moms can connect with you. Yes, of course. So our website is Bullied, Broken, Redeemed find me over there. And we have, I do about 14 different workshops. And actually one of the, I'm getting requested for quite a bit is, so you think your kid's a bully? I'm, <laughs> you'd be oh, surprised. Wow. <laughs> so, but we do about 14 different workshops all the way around and we have our resources there. We actually have our 
books, which we am um, one of our first books that we wrote with, that was released was Bullied, Broken, Redeemed itself. Um, and it is a story of a middle schooler's kind of journey of bullying and redemption. And it's, it's intense. I will tell parents it's the reality of what it's like to be 12 years old out there today. It's not an easy read, but I found so many parents who don't know where to start with their children or don't know how to have that conversation. It's a quick read. They read it. Their child reads it. It does have some prompt study questions in the back. But even in our homeschool community, how many parents have read it and said, I can't believe that happens. And the child reads it and says, well, I've actually attempted to harm myself three times this month due to bullying. And I was bullied in my co-op group and I've been struggling with this. And so it opens conversations. And then we have workbooks and journals. They're all on Amazon or you can find them on our website. Um, And then- yeah, so you can find us there. And I also run a free Facebook group at Bullied, Broken, Redeemed. You guys can join me there. Um, that's a group for parents who are really looking for some insight, some help. We have parents there who've lost their children due to suicide due to severe bullying, to parents who are just coming into the homeschool journey um, right. or have left. And so if you're a parent who's, who's needing just some kind of encouragement, and help and support and not knowing where to start. I do run a free Facebook group over there and we just try to share a lot of information and I'll do series, um, even with helping you figure out, is your your co-op equipped to deal with this? So there's lots of stuff and resources over there too at our Facebook group where you can find me there. Well, what we'll do is we'll have you, I'll have you send me all those links and I'll make sure that it's included in the, in the podcast notes. So moms can um, utilize this, amazing wonderful resource thank you so much for being here with us today i'm i'm so grateful i i'm i really appreciate just the opportunity to share with your community and to kind of to start talking about like just the fact that you talk about so many of these tough issues as we talked about at the beginning of the podcast Mm -hmm. i appreciate that because it's Mm -hmm. tough it is well let's go ahead and pray um we'll we'll just end with prayer Lord, we just thank you so much for this time together, Lord. Um, I know every parent out there is maybe thinking, just really processing. This was a lot to process and to think about, Lord. And God, I I do want to pray against the spirit of fear uh, that parents would not feel afraid, but rather more equipped, more aware, but also just uh, cognizant um, of the need to be intentional in relationships with their kids, um, but also praying over their kids every single day and praying against the, um, the potential for bullying and um, assault and, you know, um, just the things that Candace has mentioned today, Lord, none of us wants our, our kids to be hurt and certainly not on an ongoing basis. And so we ask that you would give us wisdom. We ask that you would give us discernment and we ask that that if there's anything going on, and this is something we can pray for every day, that it would be revealed sooner rather than later, God. And so we just thank you that you love our kids more than we do, and you are happy to answer those prayers, God. And so we just thank you for your faithfulness and and for your goodness today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.